Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Family, as you may have noticed, this isn't a typical top of the pod ad. It's me talking, senior producer Lynn. After hearing on a few occasions that diet language ads made their way into our pre-roll, the stuff we don't have control over, we decided that enough was enough and we turned those ads off. It's not worth the dollars to make our listeners feel uncomfortable in any way. So for these last few months of SAF, we're bringing it full circle with some fake ads, just like we did when the pod was first starting out. So today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by Integrity. If you have a business or something fat you want to promo on the pod, let us know. Stay cool. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. In this episode, we're covering plants, weed, and pleasure with comedian Jessica Henderson. But first, our news corner. Okay, mail alert. We've opened a Google form for you, our beloved family members, to write little notes of love to this fat community you have helped build. We'll be reading and posting your letters all season long. Speaking of, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Thank you for all the wonderful content you have created over the last few years. You've helped me on my own journey of fat positivity, and I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin now that I'm no longer convinced my body should be something completely different. It's been a joy to learn from you, and I wish you all the best for your future. Hannah, it's been a joy to learn from all of you. I love our family. Check the show notes to write your love letter to the family soon. It's time to talk about the She's All Fat Patreon. As you know, this is the last season of SAF, and our Patreon is more important than ever to ensure the podcast has a home after our finale. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above, at $7 a month, you get access to our legendary patron-only Facebook group where people are talking about the body is not an apology and fat bliss. You'll also get a bonus mini-sode every Friday featuring me and Yelly as your big sisters. <laughs> Shout out to Big Sister Mailbag. Every week, we're taking your questions about living, laughing, loving, and answering like the big sisters we both are. Stick around to the end of the episode for a sneak preve. In conclusion, now's the perfect time to go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and make a pledge to help your fave fatties and future family members. That's all our news for this week.
Sophie, from a non-stoner to a new stoner, I'm telling you, we're going to spend a little time up top talking about marijuana, incarceration, and anti-Black racism. Yes. As a white lady in a weed legal state, my experience with smoking has been a super safe and privileged one. And today, that's not the story for Black folks and other people of color. So we found this little timeline that'll be linked in the show notes of how cannabis came to be seen as dangerous and threatening and linked to people of color in our society on a website called ministryofhemp.com. The title is The Truth Behind Cannabis, What the Government and Big Pharma Don't Want You to Know, which is hilarious, but at the same time, like, same. So let's find (laughs) out what the government doesn't want you to know. So as early as the 1930s, the media was a blitzen about the debauchery of marijuana. And it seems like that's because this guy who worked for the government wanted less money going to unregulated drug industries and more money going into his big pharma pocket of course and here's where the racism (laughs) comes in because how do you get white people to turn against something link it to black people then it goes back and forth for a few decades fdr was like hemp tax and then during world war ii the government was like we need hemp for the war all of this culminated in 1970 with the infamous war on drugs aka war on black communities and other communities of color The war on drugs made it perfectly clear that the government doesn't really care about actual effects of pot, but rather they cared about the people who used pot. And now weed was legally on par with heroin. Marijuana arrests have actually increased since legalization. In 2016, marijuana arrests outnumbered arrests for any violent crime, according to the New York Times. And a disproportionate number of arrests go to Black Americans, even though there's no difference in smoking rates for white Americans. And let's take a look at the booming CBD industry, shall we? One really cool thing is the cropping up of Black-owned and operated cannabis CBD companies, profiting from an industry that has been used against people of color for decades. There are especially a lot of Black women fronting the weed biz. We're going to link to an Essence article in the show notes interviewing Black women trailblazers about why they're in the industry. If you're a CBD, cannabis, or weed consumer, open the article and put your money towards those creators. A special shout out to Supernova Women, an organization for women of color in cannabis. Uh, This research is super important and necessary to be an ethical CBD or weed consumer. Right now, the people profiting the most off of the legalization of weed and CBD are young white college graduates, people for whom this stuff has always been legal. So we want to stop you right here. Before we, white people especially, and especially white weed ladies like me, buy our CBD skincare and our gummies and our vapes, we need to put our money and our energy towards the communities who are still being targeted for weed, quote unquote, crimes. We need to change policy and we need to expunge folks in prison for drug possession that is now legal. We're going to link a ton of resources in the show notes for reading about how people of color are being hurt by the cannabis industry and how you can put some of your CBD and weed money towards communities of color, policy change, and exoneration activism. Okay, and I will also be donating. I donate to a couple of those bail funds for moms in jail for weed crimes, and um, I'll send some info along to Yelly and Lynn to post on the Insta stories when this episode comes out so you can donate along with me. All right, now that we're a little more learned, let's light up a joint if you want, or a candle or incense. We were planning on doing an episode all about weed and how it affects your chronic pain and how not and bodies and all that kind of stuff. 
But when we invited Jess on, we were like, okay, I guess we just kind of want to talk to Jess. <laughs> yes. Jess is so freaking cool. They're a New York-based comedian, actor, and writer, along with being a fat stoner baddie. The fat Molly knows we stand shrill, so we flipped when Jess popped up in one of the new episodes. So I had to ask them about that experience along with another special project I know y'all are going to love. Basically, this marijuana sode turned into a highlight of Jess, and we're not sorry. Lynn, roll the blunt. Like, roll the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Roll it. Roll it. I'm here with Jess Henderson, a comedian, actor, and self-described plant gay who you might know as at embrace underscore mess on Instagram or from their cute little cameo in the new season of Shrill. Jess, we are so excited to have you on today. Welcome to the show. Hello. Can you give yourself a little bio for the family, please? Yes. I would say that I am a little plant weed witch. That also yes. loves comedy. Yes. Uh, and making people laugh and writing comedy. That's that's my little bio. And you can see me around New York in the before times. Can you tell me a little bit about your connection to fat justice or your journey with body stuff, if any of that? Um, yeah. So I would say that I had a very interesting journey. I wasn't really insecure until other people started apologizing to me about the way I looked, like saying, oh, um, you have like such a beautiful face or like, yeah. oh, you have such a wonderful personality or like, yeah. I've always been a very athletic person and mm-hmm. um, I people would. Okay, brag. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a very <laughs> athletic person or, you know, like I've, I've always wanted to like bop and move. Do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like. You know, I I played sports and I would always have people say like, "Oh wow, like I'm, I uh, took that boxing class with you and I'm like, you're it's really inspiring. I was really impressed that you're able to do." You mean you got a lot of sentences that had an invisible for a fat girl by right. the end of it, right? For a fat girl, and then I started realizing, oh, oh, I'm not, I don't fit, I don't belong here. Like I'm not supposed yeah. to be in these spaces. And I did go through a time, especially. When I was uh, attempting to get my BFA <laughs> oh my God, during amazing. that time where I... As do we all. Yes, as do we all. <laughs> I I really started to um, hate myself. And uh-huh. I, I would say about four years ago, I had like an ancestral shift in understanding oh like of my purpose and who I was and like what a gift it was to love myself for where I was, dark and light, beautiful and ugly, if you will. I got to a point where I love my body, but I also know that if there's something that I don't like about it, I still deserve respect. Like my body Mm -hmm. still deserves to be loved, even if I think, oh, I have this bit of cellulite and I don't like it. I think it's unrealistic when people are like, love yourself no matter what. Like that's not the complete human experience. It's nuanced. It's not this toxic positivity all the time. I know at the end of the day, I deserve love and respect no matter what stage I'm in. Yes. That's why we talk about 
the difference between body justice or fat justice and self-love. Mm-hmm. They're two different things, mm-hmm. you know. One is advocating for intersectional feminism right. in the world, the way we treat each other. And one is like, you have to do Sonia Renee Taylor's workbook and cry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. We have you here to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about weed. We're going to talk yes. about plants. Yes. We're going to talk about TV. Ooh. And we're going to talk about like pleasure and chilling out so let's get into the meat of it okay first of all I just want to say that we both have weed with us yes <laughs> we're both we're both uh we're both lightened up yes. I don't know any of the cool stoner terms because I only really got into weed at the beginning of quarantine as a coping <laughs> mechanism oh wow amazing <laughs> so we both have our pieces yeah. you're using a vape yes I yes. have a little water bong that I actually bought with my friend Glow, who is a huge fan of the show, shout out to Glow. Oh my god! So that's what I'm. That's what I'm sparking up now. What are you? Um, what are you smoking? I'm smoking an indica, and I will just. Nice. Dis- I'll say that I discovered during the quarantine that I was um, too old for sativas. Now I'm too old for it. <laughs> it was causing me like to have panic attacks. I can't do a sativa unless I have a task or a friend there. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, I go deep inside my brain and I get lost. I was doing sativas and being like, um, okay. So that interaction 13 years ago at 7 p.m. on the corner of 48th and 6th, you're fucked up. Yeah. You're fucked up. (laughs) I will say that yesterday – Okay, so in LA, this is not sponsored. Nug Club does not sponsor me, although I wish they did. <laughs> There's this weed delivery service called Get Nug, Ooh. and in LA, they I don't know if it's anywhere else, but I know it's here, and I don't think it's I think it's kind of got movie pass vibes. Like mm-hmm. I don't think it's long for this world, mm-hmm. but they have a monthly subscription box called Nug Club where you get like a bunch of weed for like wholesale price or whatever. Oh, nice. Anyways, they sent me like a cute sativa and I was smoking yesterday and then like cleaned half my room, which if you've seen my room is a disaster. That's like a huge deal. So oh, I wow. will say for cleaning, it's it helps me a lot. But that's also because uh, every person I know with ADHD likes to smoke before they try to do chores well, around the house. Yeah, um, me and myself included. Yes. So <laughs> yes. I – was definitely into sativas in the before times when I was like nannying and working and like working from three to six and then having stand up from like nine to two in the morning. I was a sativa gal. But oh now that I'm, you know, rested, yeah, I just don't need the same, same sort of. Although I will not deny the power of weed and cleaning. It feels like a holy experience. Yes. And sometimes I'll put on YouTube like black women cleaning like full oh my house God. clean and like clean along <laughs> with me videos. Oh my God. That's such a good idea. Um, And it gets me so hype and it gets me excited about different products. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Let's back up a little and talk about our first experiences with weed, perhaps. Okay. Ooh, let me think. Mine was college when I was a junior because I'm a fucking nerd and definitely had narc vibes a lot of times. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> My mom was a teacher, so I don't know. You know what I mean? What was I supposed to do? Mine was as, as well, and I also was in the South. In Florida, uh-huh. so it really felt like high stakes. Like, I really didn't fuck around in high school. Because, quite Damn, frankly, yeah. I didn't want to end up dead, honestly. Yeah, so for real. Um, Damn. I didn't, I, 
I didn't smoke weed till the first time when I came in New York, and it was in a dorm room in the St. George Hotel in oh Brooklyn God. Heights. And um, I remember seeing one of my teachers slash RA, and um, I was so high and I was so scared. And that experience alone of just seeing Bobby come into the elevator as I got off the elevator made me not smoke for the for the next four years that I was in the city. And then oh I God. moved to Colorado. That's so funny. <laughs> and then you were like. Well, I moved to Colorado and I, I think I was there like the week, like 420 week. Yeah. And I thought I could keep up with all of them. And I just remember being in the uh, bathroom at this girl named Megan's house. And I had eaten <laughs> edible artichoke dip like uh oh my god artichoke spinach dip. artichoke yeah oh my god that sounds so good and i just had my hands above my head on the toilet like i thought i was flying <laughs> <laughs> so that's my uh, weed experience i started in college with some of my friends the best way to start doing drugs is to have a very trusted friend yes, there friends. to help you who is going to be sober like was very i felt very safe and nobody none of my friends have ever made me feel bad for being like a little goody two shoes baby right. who has to go in slowly to things. Right. So that's the best way to do it. And she like helped me learn what to do. And then like I the first few times I got high was always with her. And then the first time I really felt high, I also was like a little crossfaded. I had been drinking a little. Mm-hmm. And we went to someone else's dorm room. And I remember sitting on the floor next to a record player and thinking it was the first time I'd ever seen a real record. And I was like, <laughs> and later I'm like, that can't, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely not true, not true at all. <laughs> and then I wrote, I opened up a note on my phone because I was having so many thoughts that I needed to capture. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is insane. I'm a genius. <laughs> and then the next day I looked at it and the only note I had written was, do M&M's ever go stale with like 15 question marks? I was like, <laughs> Oh what? my gosh, so funny. So I didn't really smoke that much. But then after that, I just like, you know, would have fun at parties and that kind of thing. And also like never had, you know, I lived in California. So any yeah. weed I had was was easy to get and legal, yeah. which was a huge privilege. When I was in Colorado, I only did it like socially and kind of yeah, yeah, casually. Just like for fun. Yeah. And then pandemic started and I started having daily panic attacks. Mm. And I started smoking weed a lot more because I also wasn't going anywhere mm-hmm. or doing anything, mm-hmm. you know. And it became also I have IBS and I was having a lot of um, stomach pain mm-hmm. at the time also. And weed was like the only thing that really helped. The, like a lot of the meds I was on did were not helping yeah. at all. So in the last year, I have smoked more than I ever have in my entire life by far. I would say the same for me. And it helps me. I, I have like an upset tummy in the morning if I'm not on yeah. a regular probiotic. And, yeah, me too. And I'll feel like for like no yeah. reason. <laughs> and weed is like... <laughs> A necessary <laughs> necessary Yes. Step. 100%. Yes. It helps so much, honestly. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. And that is, when you think about smoking, mm-hmm. I did hit the vape pen, so now I am a little bit high. I'm trying to formulate this question. When you think about smoking, what do you think about the relationship between, like, body stuff and, like, the perception of smoking or stoners? That's out there. I know for myself, I can say that 
I definitely in college when I was still very much in eating disorder brain Mm -hmm. felt very – I remember having several experiences of getting high, being hungry, having the munchies, eating a late night snack and being really worried about being judged because I was fat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like definitely that like perception of like, oh, you get stoned and then you're just going to eat a bunch, get fat or whatever. Yeah. Did you ever – have you ever thought about that or worried about that? I've – I've never worried about that, but I have, I I did go through a phase, oh, I would say over the past like five or six years where I did have friends that made me perceive, oh, I'm smoking. And mm. now I, I surround myself with people where I, I don't even, it's like, this is who I fucking am. Yeah. And the and the minute that I feel like all of a sudden I have a perception of the fact that I'm taking part of my spiritual practice, it's like, oh, that's a red flag. You got to go. You got to yeah. go. You got to get the fuck out of here because I'm not about to oh explain God. it. I will say the one last barrier is my parents, but I've really mm-hmm. combated that with like, I'm grown. Yeah. I'm grown. I'm not going to do stuff in your house. My yeah. mom came around as as soon as she saw that it helped my nausea. She came around really fast. Yeah. Well, what as uh, uh, once my mom saw how many times I was going to clean the house over and over. Yeah. She didn't have a whole lot. <laughs> she didn't have a whole lot else to say. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I want to hear more about what when you talk about weed as a spiritual practice, because I really think about weed. First of all, I've been in a super privileged place always when it comes Mm -hmm. to weed because I've always been able to get it legally. I've always been able to like just go in and buy it. I'm not Uh like stigmatized as a white person for using it. Like, and also I'm not going to like, I'm not in danger of getting arrested or incarcerated. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But like, I mostly think about weed as like for my chronic health stuff and for having fun. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear what your spiritual connections to it are. Tell me about it. So I am – I don't know how else to explain it, but I am connected to plants. And uh, I see, you know, weed, it's a plant. And I appreciate it. And I try to be specific about why I'm smoking it. Like I'm in communion with you because – you make me feel better about this. And thank you for that. And that's kind of what I mean um, spiritually. And I also use it as an offering at times. And I feel anything that you burn and create smoke with is a sacred experience. And I, I do, I also do it for fun. But when I do feel like there's a bit of an imbalance, like where I'm smoking a lot and I can't really get high and then I'm getting that like smoke headache where yeah. I realize, oh, I'm just like take, take, taking and not and not stepping back and appreciating and being specific about why I'm coming to this amazing. Because when you think about everything that we does, it's like so incredible and so amazing and it deserves to have a moment. <laughs> and I think it would be ignorant to think plants have been here a very long time much longer than us and we only understand one form of communication and you have plants that like can speak on different levels to multiple species and it would be silly to think that they don't have a little bit of information or some you know yeah. s- sense of spirit so i like to i love that acknowledge that and honor that what are the things what are the like great qualities you love about weed what are your top top qualities um i love the way uh, it puts me to sleep. 
Uh-huh. And the way it sort of highlights the things that I already love. Mm, to say more about that. Like, I have a, a very <laughs> juicy uh, morning routine. and Oh, my God. I love that. I always play like a tiny desk. I'll smoke a joint, play a tiny desk. Oh, my God. And then I check in with all my plants. Oh, my God. <laughs> just just having that that experience, it gives me this sort of euphoric experience as if I've hung out with all of my closest friends, gone to the best concert, and then been in nature. Oh like, God. you just get these amazing juicy hits of nature like a double whammy of smoking weed and also looking at leaves yes on plants or like seeing a new leaf growth or i like to grow things from little uh they're called like chunks when you just get like a branch and you root it wow and then the branch will pop open and the plant will start growing oh my god but you don't it's something with like no leaves it just looks like a stick wow so the days that those crack open Ah, it's so good. Wow. So good. That's so cool. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. Morning routine is like my ultimate white whale. Like having mm-hmm. a good morning routine is something I've always been chasing. That sounds like an incredible morning routine. That's yeah, so good. Yeah, sometimes I fall off of it, but I always go back. And I do truncated versions, too, because – like I was filming that amazing project media over the weekend, but my calls were like, I had one at four, and then the other one oh my God. was at uh, like eight a.m. So I also cannot just get up and leave my house. I don't understand people who do that. I'm like, whoa, I, <laughs> I, I. If you're high, you no, mean? No, like I just in general, you know how some people oh. like, if they have to be at work at eight. They're the type of person that gets up at seven, get, takes 30 minutes to oh, get Oh, yeah, ready, no, I don't. Yeah, no, And no, then no. is out the yeah. door. I am not that. I have to have no. a moment or else there will be murders. Same. And I am a morning person. I just feel, I feel like something's been taken from me when I don't get to, to wake <laughs> up in my little nest and be like. Brrr. And do your thing. Yeah, oh just God. even if it's only for 20 minutes. So I got up and I was like waking up all my plants so early, basically. I was like, hi. Know guys, like normally we do this at sunrise, but we're gonna get water at like one in the morning. And my cat was just like <laughs> sitting there blinking at me. Well, let's talk about that project. Ooh. So another cool thing about you is that you've been involved in some iconic fat representation on screen. On first of all, let's talk about Shrill. Yes. So can you please tell the family about your character and like what happens in Shrill because it's iconic and it relates to the episode and to the podcast. Okay. So So I was on Shrill and my character's name was Dia and she (laughs) plays someone who from Fran's past, like when when Fran and Annie were in college and kind of the people that they met that made them like open up and become who they are. And so I was a cute little queer yes, from the past that basically poked and was like, oh, are you gay? Like, aren't we, aren't we gay? And then we share a cute little, yes. like, gay, gay girl in college kiss. At the- <laughs> it's so cute. Fat stoner rep. It's so good. I love it. So it was a cute stoner kiss. <laughs> yes. Talk about being on Shrill. Like, what was that like? And we stand Shrill on this show, obviously. So tell me about it. So it's actually a really great story. The first season of Shrill happened, and I was doing some stand-up. And um, AD saw it on one of her friend's Instagrams. And she reached out, 
And we had a little meeting and it was actually to talk about potentially writing on the show. And she was super sweet. She was like, you know, I want you to be involved. I'm just not sure how, blah, 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 but you'll, you'll be on the show. And I was like, okay. And then the whole season two happened. And I was like, okay, you know, that's just how Hollywood goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, also knowing that like, it's so layered. It's so layered. And it's not yeah. just that easier. That's just that copy and paste. But then when I was in the core, while I was actually camping in Portland, I oh got God. a request that was like, oh, can you read for the role of Dia? And I was like, duh, I want to be on the show. So I read for the <laughs> role, and then she booked, and then I showed up to Portland, and AD was so sweet. I was like, thanks for having me. And she's like, oh, my God, no, I wrote the role for you. Like, this is going to be so fun. It's so cute. Oh, my God, that's so cool. So I also had a great time because the co-star who did an excellent job at being like a toxic, thin white woman, Chelsea, was a friend mm-hmm. of mine. And we, we were just like two silly little girls on set. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my God. I love that. And I really loved that scene. And I wished that I'd had an experience like that in college yeah. was my thought when I watched it. My friend Jordan was like, when you guys hold hands over the crackers, I burst it into tears. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I did too. It was like, it's, too, <laughs> it's so it's beautiful. It's too cute. It's too much. Uh, it's so cute. I loved it. And I just like, quite literally, I certainly in college had never seen a scene like that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like, yeah. Too cute, like fat people looking cute, looking fly, looking as fuck. cute, like being tender, yeah, being tender <sighs> and looking cute. And that costume department, yes. I was like, so good. <laughs> you both look so cute. When I walked in, they had music playing, they had options. I was like, and I just seeing everyone else's costumes too. I was like, okay, go off, go off your own costume. Oh my god! And they they have like a whole a situation. They had someone on a sewing machine. They were making, creating. Busting down, building I know. up. They <laughs> they have they like make a lot of her costumes. Yeah, they do. I guess for the show, which is like both cool and annoying because I always yeah wanna, like you wear want what you she's... want something sort of accessible. Like we finally have fat representation, yes. and it's like, but babe, we want to buy what you have on, girl. Like exactly. give it to the girls, <laughs> or give it to the people. Excuse me, it doesn't have to be gender. Give it to the, give the, people. It to the people for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like great. They were like oh, well, we couldn't find what we wanted. And we're like, yeah, yeah exactly. There's a whole unison choir of like a million people being like, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so which one of you is going to break out and do a line for us? Who is going to do a lifestyle exactly, brand? Exactly, please. <laughs> please, AD, I already bought your dress. Please make more clothes. Please. I'm begging you. Um. Okay, so that is incredible. So cute. So great. Now we, right before recording earlier today, senior producer Lynn was looking at your Instagram and saw that you were tagged in a very exciting story. So please talk to us about this other project that you're in. So I was tagged in um, a story about this amazing project called Meaty. And it is a TV show concept off of Samantha Irby, the wonderful, the great Icon <laughs> Samantha Irby. She'd be like, if she heard this right now, she'd be like, yuck. Um, <laughs> uh, off of her book of essays, Meaty. Um, and yes, so yeah, good. which is 
read it I if you haven't read it. I love her. She's the only person who's all I've listened to her read all of her audiobooks, mm-hmm. which I almost never do because I find it like a lot of times I find it really mm-hmm. annoying when authors like put their own spin on especially fiction. It's too much. It's just too much. It's like, okay, we get it. We get it. It's your book. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I really wanted to listen to her audiobooks and they're so right. good. They're so good. We stand Samurai yes. in this house. So this is the most exciting thing. You're literally playing Samurai yes. in this. It's like a pilot. Yeah. Right. A pilot project or what I whatever. You know, Weird. I don't know Hollywood terms. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's the pilot. We have fingers crossed that it'll go to series, it'll get greenlit. That's so cool. Like, congratulations. Thank you. It's very exciting. What an exciting thing. First of all, I didn't even know that uh, Meaty was becoming a show. So that was – I was very excited to know. And then to have you be starring in it, it's just so exciting. What does it feel like to be able to rep Sam Irby? That's so cool. So – we were all Abby and uh, the per- person that plays uh, my best friend on the show, Riri. We were all uh, sitting down and talking about how each of us got to Samantha Irby, and Abby explained that it's been like a seven-year journey. Yes, and how she reached out like after she read the book, and I was actually about I would say about three or four years ago I was given. Wow, no thank you. Another iconic book. A improviser friend gave it to me and they were like, I think I think you'd really like if you don't know who Samantha Irby is, like you remind me so much of her and I think you'd really enjoy this book. And I was like, Okay, yeah. whatever. People do this all the time. <laughs> and I, I read the book and I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> I felt like, you know, all the time I'm like screaming for representation, and then I was like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> You're like, it's here. Like, Wait a minute. And then I wasn't sure what I, I wasn't sure what she looked like. So I was like, I don't know. Yes. It's probably it's it's not gonna be attainable. It's not gonna be some like someone that looks anything like me. And I looked at the back and it was like <laughs> Yes. And I think I even laughed. I think I even was like <laughs> And I thought, Oh, that's great. That's and I, I never thought anything of it. But then I was on the set of Shrill and I had a wonderful time, but I still felt like a little unfulfilled artistically, if you will. You know, you still want a show. You want to be able to share your voice more. And I was like, oh, I would would love an experience like this, but black. Like, I would love something like this. And I landed back in New York, and my manager, who has an amazing work-life balance and never texts me on the weekend, sent me me an email at, like, midnight. That was like, yo, bitch, we gotta go out for this. And it was it was oh a God. breakdown of Sam. And it was like fat, black, wow. queer, like funny, sarcastic. And I was like, from that moment on when I saw the breakdown, I was like, okay, so this is mine. Okay. Okay, so we'll oh so God. we're gonna be and you know, obviously I had to go through the audition process and they they also had to discover it themselves. But I very much was like, um, no, no, no. This is me, this is mine. Yes. Yeah, and the audition was one of the best experiences I had. Me, Abby, and Sam just basically smiled and laughed and talked to each other the whole entire time. That's so nice. Yeah, and it's been a wonderful experience. And I'm very excited. Wow. Well, fingers crossed that Hollywood decides to let this happen. I would love to see this project right. continue. Right. This is, would be – first of all, I would be so excited for you – you would like this would be it would blow the fuck up immediately if this if it doesn't happen i still think you're on your way mm-hmm. to blowing up but this would just That's be really like kind. like a very 
I think I it's mean, true. what we filmed, I was like, oh. <laughs> we we all very much were very excited about it. Not in like an egotistical way, but in a way where we were like, no. oh, woohoo. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is like my dream show. So like, I really hope that it happens. Yeah. I read a lot of books, but I usually don't read all the books by one person. And I've read all of Sam's books. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> you know what else? I never watch conversations and I'm I'm still like low key mad at her about this, but I've never I've never watched any sort of like author talkbacks. But my dumbass, I was so like excited and nervous the day the first day before filming. I got like a little stone, and then I was like, I'll just put on this talk between uh, Sam and Lindy, and I'll I'll fall asleep to it, and it'll be you know it'll be. I'll uh-huh, get, uh-huh. When I tell you, I like took a hit, and then I was like, like, <laughs> watched the whole thing <laughs> when I had to be up at, like, 3 in the morning. Oh and it was, like, 1.45, and I was like, <laughs> still, like, laughing. <laughs> and it was such a wonderful conversation between two women that love and respect each other. That's amazing. I'm incredibly excited, and I feel blessed. And this is a story that deserves to be told, and it's going to get what it deserves. But no path is uh, linear. So Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Okay, I could fangirl out about this forever. I'm like very I'm very excited about. I'm I'm excited about you. It deserves to be fangirled out. I think the community is going to get a lot of what they want to see. A lot of yeah. we got a lot of we got a little bit of sexy too. So Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Literally can't wait. I mean, I loved Shrill. Mm. I'm going to love this more because I love I'm obsessed with Sam but I also like really loved I really love Shrill you know they don't really need to be compared but I'm glad we are finally getting some good fat rep on TV Mm -hmm. which we have like not had for a really long time I know I've been noticing I've been seeing us I'm like okay okay yes I live and it's not like a story of like I am on my way to be thin exactly here I exist I'm a human being exactly 
Well, what what do you what do you mean by that? Like expand. What on. do you mean? <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, like I mentioned before, when I would smoke in college, I was still very much in diet culture and very much like oh, yes. wanted to be thin. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so I would like I was very aware of how I was being perceived. Now that I am comfortable with myself or accept myself, which can be different things at different times, I am much more tuned in to just like, what is this experience like for me? What is it bringing me? How am I enjoying this? How does this make my body feel? How does this make my head feel? And I definitely wouldn't have been able to think about it that way if I wasn't on like more of a body like positive if I, yeah I mean it still highlights back to like respecting my body no matter no matter what like I know that we weed is partnered in my life with things that sometimes I don't want to do but I know are medicine mm, what do you mean so for instance like yoga and and being active is is medicine yes. for me and weed allows me to make it about how it makes me feel. Same. I do that too. When I have a hard time, if, if I want to take a walk and I'm having a hard time wanting to, mm-hmm. instead of punishing myself into it, right. I get high and then I'm much more interested right. in taking a walk. Right. And it's yeah. not about, oh, I have to work out because like working out yes. is healthy and like we got to work out and we're all machines and yes. we do for it. It's like, no, yes. these are practices. These are conversations. These these are medicines that I know keep me out of, I'm going to sound like such an Aquarius, but out of the like... <laughs> doctor's office and overprescribed, oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. out of that toxicity. And, you know, as a fat person, too, I'm I'm adverse to doctor's offices because... Of course. You know, I had an experience last year where this doctor tried to get me to get gastric bypass. And, oh my God. you know, I, I can't speak on anyone else's experience, but that's an incredibly invasive procedure for what... Yeah, having a doctor, I mean, what whatever your feelings are on the procedure, mm-hmm. having a doctor recommend that to you for, just because of being fat. Just like, because of being sucks. fat. And he yes. was got so choked when I was like, okay, can you walk me through my chart and tell me medically why I need this? Yeah. Like, what's going yeah. on medically? And he was like, no, no, no. And then he kept being like, okay, well, we'll wait for the blood to come back. We'll wait because he, he assumed that I was diabetic. To see what? He assumed that I'd be diabetic. I think. And getting gastric bypass fixes being diabetic? No, it doesn't. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I got my charts back. And he was like, you have to come back in, blah, 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 blah. And then I got the rest of my charts back. And I, I was healthy. And in fact, yep. like to a point where the nurse thought that she it would be a compliment for her to tell me that she was surprised that I was oh that healthy. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, you're one of those people. I have a friend like this where you're just fat. And it's like, oh, we exist. Also, wow. we're not sub- like not reserving she just of said respect. It. <laughs> Not oh deserving of respect God. if you are fat and you are sick. Like, there's nothing wrong with being fat and sick. So I have a lot of chronic illnesses, uh-huh. but none of them are the ones – like, doctors always also think I'm diabetic mm-hmm. and that I have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I don't have either of those things. Yeah. I have a whole host of other problems that they can't figure out just by looking at exactly. me. Exactly. You know? And it's like, oh, you might have to be, like, a doctor yeah. to me? And God forbid. And do stuff? <laughs> God, that is so annoying. So that's my my body acceptance with weed is that, you know, I try to, th- when I'm around people too that make me start to 
like I flag when I start to feel like I'm like feeling ashamed, like I'm overeating and I'm stoned and I'm like stuck in a shame spiral. I sure. really try hard. And I'm also in therapy, so I have support there yes. to kind of, you know, I'm not in a perfect place. These toxic thoughts exist. But the way I kind of describe it to myself now is that she's like my best friend who always gets fucking trashed at the party and then <laughs> and then tries to drive home. And it's like, I love I you. Love that. You you're gonna get in the car and we're gonna buckle you up, but you're not fucking yes. driving. You like you cannot That's drive. Very similar to the way I approach it yeah. as well. Because those thoughts don't never go they'll they'll never go away. Exactly. We live in a society, you know? We live in a society. Exactly. Like they'll always be there. But that's exactly like, because if you yell at her, she doesn't shut the fuck up. Right? She's like, know? "Why do you mean it? I'm? <laughs> yeah. Why do you talk? Like, it's like, okay, babe, I love you. You're wasted. And then she's like, "You hate yes. me. You don't. No, you don't fucking even get it. You're like not even hearing me right now. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. So you just have to be like, shh. Yeah, I just oh, coaxed her. Fine. I'm like, babe, you're so wasted. You're so funny right now. That's that is funny. <laughs> that is funny. If we just like. Yeah, okay, that toxic thing that is really funny and maybe we maybe we will do it, but we'll talk about it in a second. Like after we yeah. get home safely. Yes. And th- exactly. and then I'm like, yeah, you can think whatever toxic things you want to think in a 20 second time, smoke mm-hmm, a joint, mm-hmm. go look in some plants. Yes. Absolutely. I also I think in general what I'm saying too is that there's a connection for me between like being being realistic realistic's not the right word but like just being at home with what what I'm what I'm in mm-hmm. you know being in my body yep. and allowing my body to have nice things exactly. you know like I love going and getting you know a massage or like whatever which I haven't done you know since the before times uh-huh. but like <laughs> I find it much harder at home to remember to do the things that like give myself food every couple hours like take a nice shower instead of just like in and out in two seconds you know what I mean like yeah and all those things like I have found in the last year that I find them much easier and more pleasurable to do when high when I'm struggling with them and that has been so so helpful for me and I didn't expect that I yoga is another one that I I love it, especially in relation to weed, because it's also a practice that can be customizable by by what you need. And yeah. it is not about a destination. It's about being present. And yeah. I, I feel like I'm working internally as well as externally. And it helps I a lot that. with, you know, strenuous activity helps me calm my mind a lot. And like my anxiety and my like, but yes. and I'm less like that after I've, you know, <laughs> done downward dog. And it yes. really simplifies, it really simplifies and allows me to get to that like, you know, black dot purple orb space where you like yes. have your eyes closed. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's- I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Do you have any like favorite weed like brands accessories people who are involved in it charities okay yes i actually do thank you so much for asking so i was camping (laughs) on the washington state peninsula and i found uh there was this indigenous dispensary and they had this brand called falcana where they um, rehabilitate falcons on their land and they had sticks deep blue i think was or like deep sea was a strand they had that I, it was like a trip. Like, wow. The feeling of that high was when you 
when you see videos of people in the ocean and then they yeah. they swim and they lay down on the sand underwater, that was the feeling. Yes. Ooh, it oh was so God. good. It was so good. And and the taste and the texture and the smell of the weed. They had octopus one that tasted like like bright citrus salad. Ooh. Whoa. So good. So that's my favorite strand. Damn. Yeah. Okay, great shout out. Yeah. Wow. We are mentioning some more cool women in black run brands <laughs> in the show notes brands in the show uh-huh. notes and also in tops in the tops and tails you'll you will have heard about them i'm also wondering you if you could talk about i read this little profile thing that said that you have been making tinctures oh yes okay so i got i think it's called a laveau machine like the little distiller things Okay. And I'll make a tincture with marijuana and like honey. Oh my God. And a little bit of, I have a, a very good friend of mine, um, this Haitian woman in her 80s, makes her own liquor. And I'll like. <laughs> Amazing. And she, get, she gave me a bottle of like orange peel liquor that she had made. And I'll mix that together. And then I do wow. different like kind of herbs because I grow plants too. So sometimes I'll make like a mint one or I have St. John's wort. That I've grown Whoa. and chamomile, so I'll add that. I love that. I want to have that. Yeah, my little plant. Oh, my God. Okay, before we go, can you tell us what the plant – like, wit, this is a high question, but we've been we've been partaking, so. <laughs> it's fine. Safe space. Okay, I want to know what you think is a plant that has a fat soul. You know what I mean? Oh. Which of your plants is fat? Okay. Okay, so I would say my philodendron gloriosum because her um, leaves are like so round and juicy at the top. Yes, yes. And I also have a philodendron mcdowell and those leaves are thick before they unfurl. They get like really fucking juicy and full of water and I can – it's above, I have it hanging above the canopy of my bed, and I can hear oh it God. filling with water, and then it starts Whoa. to sound like bubble wrap filling up oh as God. it opens, and then <gasps> it's like thick, juicy, huge leaves like the size of my face. Wow. They sound really fat. I love that. Yeah. Those are my um, fat friends, for sure. Can you please send us some pictures of them that we can post? Yes. <laughs> I will. I will tomorrow morning. Great. I'll probably wake up early, and I'll get some Good morning, sun pictures. I have an eastern-facing oh window, so the light is just like a Disney wow. movie every morning. That is amazing. <laughs> the light, and you're going to listen to a Tiny Desk concert. Yeah, and- yeah. Honestly, I will probably do the Jasmine Sullivan Tiny Desk. I've like been oh, unable to move on from it. That's a really good one. I refuse. I, I refuse re- to listen to anything else. Yeah. I also watch... It's also this one I watch a lot, but it's also suggested to me on Facebook all the time. Mm-hmm. The Tank and the Bangas one. Oh, that one's a great one as well. That's a but I don't know why one. it's constantly suggested to me. I'm like, yes, I do watch this. I don't yeah. know why this is showing this to me. <laughs> is there anything that you would like to shout out or say or talk about that's come up before we go? Um, follow my Instagram to see what shows. Yes, I'm. I may be having. A podcast come out. It's a queer <gasps> advice, Ooh. like Ooh. like a like a teenage queer is like love advice oh column. 
I love like that. cute, catty oh little podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's in development right now. So we'll see. Okay. We okay, okay. Have, like, yeah. If it's like, if we can say it, let's say it. <laughs> we will, we will let you all know in the, in the next episode we can whenever this gets greenlit. Yes. Because I'm sure it will. Yes. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Of course. This has been incredible. You're a fat icon Aww. playing another fat icon and on another fat icon's show with some fat icons. Just like <laughs> yes. really loving it. I'm loving Thank it. You. And I want all the family to follow and support you. Yes. And uh, family, let us know your favorite self-care weed experiences. Yes. I want to know. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This season, we're doing a big sister mailbag for our patrons every Friday. We're answering questions like, how did you know that you wanted to go into podcasting? Oh, I didn't know. We just started it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a long-term dream or anything. Yeah. Did you know? No. I'm kind of similar to you. I just like listened to the podcast and then y'all yeah. were like, we want to work with somebody and I applied and that's kind of just how it happened even now I don't think that podcasting is like a super long-term dream of mine but it's like fun yeah yeah I mean I love podcasting but also I think most of my career choices in my 20s have been just me being like I want to create something yeah and then finding some way to do it and then being like oh this is hard and then trying to figure out how to do it (laughs) yes pretty much um, but yeah, I don't know how I knew yeah. I wanted anything. The only thing I knew I wanted to do was write mm-hmm. my whole life. But yeah, same. It's not like I was like, I want to write mystery novels under 200 pages. You know what I mean? Like, it's just very vague. Like, I want to create stuff. Yeah. No, I'm in kind of like a stage right now where I'm like, I want to write, but also what to write about. Yep. <laughs> Who knows? That's always the thing. It just takes life to figure out what you want to create about, you know? Yeah. Now I have a huge body <laughs> and a huge body of content. <laughs> Heck oh, yeah. It's what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's roll this out. If you liked hearing us big sisters answer your questions and be silly, join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above to hear full minisodes every Friday. And that's the episode. Shout out to Stylish Sista where you can get the only SAF stickers on the market. You can find the All Bodies Are Good Bodies collab at stylishsista.etsy.com for a limited time. And I can't recommend enough that you do. Reminder that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023, and we want to hear from you. You can call in with questions, concerns, and high thoughts, and we might even play your message on the pod. So if we got such a nice Apple podcast review from user Lydia, they said, I wish I'd found this wonderful community sooner. So sad that the pod is ending, but so grateful for everything I've learned, the validation, the resources, and most of all, having my own thoughts and feelings about my body and other fat bodies echoed back to me so that I feel more assured expressing them and defending my right to exist as I am. So much love. I can't wait to see what all of you do next. Thank you, Lydia. I'm so glad you found this community and I'll always be here for the family. Despite the fact that I'm off social, if you really wanted to, you could email me, you know? (laughs) I'll always be here too. DM me. I'll always be here. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to leave a legacy of reviews for me to cry over on the toilet long after SAF ends, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. As always, shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Tasha Olson, 
Melanie Walters, Annie Ryan, Sarah Doyle, Alex Nunn, Henry, Kat, Ringale Barry Sight, Catherine Meyer, and Amanda Henricks. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye. Bye. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter Khan, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Vertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 